as Sylvia Castleberg will be singing today. Now Sylvia's at camp. So Frances, her sister, her younger sister, is going to fill in for her with a song called Old Glory. And Callista, another one of my grandchildren, will be playing the piano. for that, Francis and Callista and Terry. And now I think the boys are going to pinch it for Nancy and do our scripture reading for us. Our scripture reading today is found in 2 Kings 21, 13-21. So it was as they were of bearing a man that suddenly they spied a band of raiders. And they put the man in the tomb of Elisha, and when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood on his feet.
It's on. Hello, can you hear me? Happy Sabbath. It is good to be back with you all. I missed you, and uh, I had a, uh, uh, how do I say, a, a realization that uh, when I went home, well, I see, I still say it, but when I went back to where my family lives, I always call it home, but then I, I thought to myself, this is not my home anymore. My home is in Marshfield, Wisconsin. So, thank you, yes, and um, I was glad to be back to sleep in my own bed. I had to be in the basement of my, my brother because it was my mom and dad who was also there. They took the other guest room, and so I, I was sleeping for about uh, maybe 13 days in the, in the sofa, so it, it was interesting. Um, but I was glad to be back, and when I went, when I, when I went um, there was no snow. When I came back, it's snow everywhere. But it's good to be, to be here. I was able to have a good time with my mom and dad, uh, spent with family there Christmas and New Year's, and, and uh, I was able to see Jasmine as well, at least for two days. Um, she had COVID at the time, and so we were just, you know, seeing from each, uh, far. From, uh, far uh, and, uh, but after two days, she tested uh, negative, and I was able to go see her, and uh, I was happy to see her as well. She, all, she says uh, hi to you all, and she's looking forward to being here in March. So, I hope you all had a, a good holidays as well with your families and loved ones. Um, now, how many of us know, well, this, this year we started doing something with the elders, uh, something different. We, we wanted to be united as, as we come each month, and so... Uh, we started, we're, we're going to start with sermon series, and does anyone know this month's theme, what it's the, what's the theme of this month? Fruits of the Spirit, it's, it's about the Holy Spirit, and so uh, this is our goal. As we head to a new year, as we're, we're now in this new year, we're going to take four weeks to examine the believer's experience with God as he or she invites the work of the Holy Spirit in, in their lives, in our lives. What must be done first in order to receive the Spirit? What did Jesus promise us about the Spirit? In what ways are we using the Spirit that God has poured out to us as we take a closer look at Scripture? We hope that together we may, find, we may see the wonderful promise found through the Spirit for a new beginning. We started the year by knowing that in order to receive the Spirit, we must what? We must surrender. And last week, uh, the topic that, that, that we chose was asking for the Spirit because once we surrender, we need to fill that void with something, and that something is the Holy Spirit. And this Sabbath, we're going to focus on the, on, on the fresh heart in the Spirit. What does it mean to have a fresh heart in the Spirit? But I, I, I'm going to try to tackle it with, with the practicality of it. I can go and, 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 and do something theological and, and, and share with you, uh, this is what it means and this is what it means, but we're going to look at what it means when the Holy Spirit is living in the heart, and it's changing that, that, that heart of stone into a heart of flesh. We're going to see how that is. And so please join with me in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for just being an amazing God. Despite our, 
our unfaithfulness, you are faithful. And Father, please, at this time and as we live life, remind us always our desperate need of the Spirit. Lord, hide me behind a cross, and may you be glorified this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to start with two quotes, and, 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 and uh, we're going to uh, ch- jump around in the Bible. And so if you have your Bibles, I would like to hear that, those Bibles flip. And then if you do have also electronics, uh, it's okay. Just use the Bible at this time. So I'm going to start with two quotes from the Spirit of Prophecy, one taken from Gospel Workers, talking about the Spirit, uh, chap, uh, page 285, and, and, and hear this out. It says, the promised blessing, talking about the Spirit, claimed by faith, we talked about asking last week, brings all the other in its train. It is giving according to the riches of the grace of Christ, and it is ready to supply every soul according to the capacity to receive. She adds in the Acts of the Apostles, page 15, if all were willing, all will be filled with the Spirit. Wherever the need of the Spirit is, a matter of little thought, there is seen spiritual drought, spiritual darkness, spiritual declension and death. Whenever minor matters occupy the attention, the divine power which is necessary for the growth of the church and prosperity of the church and which will bring all blessing in its train is lacking, though offered in infinite plenitude. In in, in other words, the spirit of prophecy is telling us this morning that it seems that when we ask for this, this blessing, all other blessings will come with it. And, and so I'm going to recap of, of, of last week, and we're going to touch on, on, on the, 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 the life of Elijah for a little bit, and then we're going to get to our main point this morning. And so 2 Kings uh, chapter 2, we, we, we know of an interesting chapter, 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings, and we're talking about asking, but we're not going to focus that this morning. But we, we need to lay down uh, the, the foundation for, for what's to come. So 2 Kings, chapter 2. Are we all there? Okay, so 2 Kings, chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 4. It says, then, verse 4, it says, Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me unto Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not, what, leave you. So they came to Jericho, both of them. Verse 5, now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from, from over you today? So he answered, yes, I know, keep silent, verse 6. Then Elijah said to, to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the, so, so the two of them went on, and verse 7 says, And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at the distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah 
took his mantle, rolled it up in, on dry ground, and so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I may do for you before I am taken away. And Elisha said, Please, let a what? A double portion of your spirit to be upon you, mercy. See, Elisha had been Elijah's disciple for quite some time now. He, he had seen and had heard about the drought for three years and how Elijah came and prayed and, and rain came down from heaven. He had seen and he had seen a, a heart that was fresh from the Spirit. And, and now this, this, this teacher of his is going away and he says, Listen, I need something from you before you leave. And that is a double portion of your Spirit. And did you know that apart from Jesus, in the life, life story of Elijah, he is the, the, most, the, the person that has the most miracles apart from Jesus. You can see the power, the fruit. You, you see the power in chapter 3 and in, in 2 Kings that he has miracles. Chapter 4, five miracles. Chapter 5, two miracles. Chapter 6, six miracles. You see what a life looks like living in the Spirit. See, if we focus our prayers on the things that are eternal, all other things will come. When, when we ask God for a power does, that, that does not wear off, we will have a fruitful life. See, God is only concerned about preserving in us that which is eternal. All other things, as the preacher puts it, are dressings for the journey. But enough about the fruits, enough about Living in the Spirit, because that's not our topic this morning. It's fresh heart. What does it mean to have a fresh heart in the Spirit? You see, go to your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 36. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. It's a common verse. Some of us may know it by memory. See, our first, before that, uh, Ezekiel 36, verse 26. Our first week, we were talking about surrender, as I mentioned earlier. Our second, we were talking about asking. But, but is it just asking and having faith and staying still? Are we to be Christians who do nothing and just wait for God? How does God change our hearts and give, gives us a fresh heart in the Spirit? Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 says, I will give what? You a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. This is, this is God speaking to each and one of us. We also read in 2 Corinthians by Paul, verse five, verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 17, saying, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Praise God. 
So, so, so how is it that he is able to change that heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh? With the Spirit. But, but, but how does the Spirit manage us to do that in our lives? We ask, but there's something else that we need to do. You see, how is it that the Spirit is able to take that doubt away from us when we have doubt? How is it that the Spirit can take away that unbelief when we lack faith? How is it that, that, that the Spirit can take that heart that is, has been hardened and make it soft? And, and able to hear that the, the Holy Spirit. How is it that, he, that the Spirit can take a heart that is depressed, that, that, that is sad, and give it a meaning and a hope? And we're going to get to the meat of our message this morning. Matthew 28, and I'm getting excited now. Matthew 28, we know this, mem- this verse. We are SDAs. We, we are Christians who live this mission. Matthew 28, verse 18. Matthew 28, verse 18. Can I read? Are we all there? Matthew 28. Jesus is about to leave and he needs to give them a mission. Matthew 28. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been what? Given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, this same commission has, is mentioned in the four Gospels. And we're, we're going to see the difference in how these writers do it. And we're going to go back and digest them one by one. Because we're, we're, tra- we're talking about how is it that the Spirit is able to give us a fresh heart. A, 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 a heart of flesh and not of stone. So g- jump to Mark. Mark chapter, I believe is Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. And we're going to go ahead and begin in, chap- in verse 15. Mark f- 16. We're looking at the Great Commission. We saw it in Matthew uh, 28 verse 18 and 19. We're going to go now and see Mark's version of this great commission. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Are we all there? Verse 15. And he said to them, go into what? All the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 16. He who believes and is baptized will be What? But he who does not believe will be condemned, and these things will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will be by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Mark tells us that as we have this commission, we also have the power to to. To, to cast out demons. And when serpents bite us, they will not harm us. Mark says this. Let's jump to Luke. Let's see what, and we're, we're building the foundation now. Bear with me. Be patient because the Lord has a message for us this morning. He wants to teach us how to have a fresh heart in the spirit. Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22 verse 15. 
No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Luke 24. Luke 24. Luke 24. Verse 36. We're going to start in verse 36. Are we there? Now, Luke 36 says, Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them what? Peace to you. And if we jump to verse 44, all right, verse 44, Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, the prophet and the Psalms concerning me. In verse 46 now, we jump to 46. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead in the third day, and the repentance and remission of sins should be preached, how? In this name to what? To all nations, beginning where? In Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with what? Power from on high. Now let's look at the Gospel of John and see what John says. And John is a simple, John chapter 21. John chapter 21. John chapter 21, are we there? This is the gospel commission given to the apostle and specifically to Peter. John chapter 21, verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you what? Do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Feed my lambs. The great commission given in the book of John. Feed my lamb. But, but, but we, we know this and, and, and we are Christians and, and, and we know that Matthew 28 verse 18 and 19. But, but let me tell you something because we get so focused on this mission that we forget who were the disciples? And let me tell you this morning, the disciples were not people who were high on pedestals. They were people, common people like you and I. And even though... Now, this is where I'm excited. Go to chapter 28. Go back to chapter 28 and, and leave a bookmark, if you can, there and all these others, because we're going to come back. So how is it that, we, that God works through the Spirit to give us a fresh heart that, that takes that, uh, that, that, um, that heart of stone and puts it into a, uh, one of flesh, one that is, is subdued by the Spirit? Matthew 28. And this is beautiful. Wow. The Lord, man. Matthew 28. We, we, we see we start reading we started reading verse 18 but but the great commission uh, the context of it does not start there god gives them the great commission see see the the context of the great commission starts and, and we're going to go ahead and 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 start in verse 16 then the bible says the what the eleven disciples went into Galilee to the mountain which 
Jesus had appointed for them. Verse 17, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but what? Some doubted mercy. Jesus gives the great commission to people who are doubting him. The Great Commission, the way God works to give us a fresh spirit, is not based on what we do, but what he will do in our lives. He will take those doubts as we go and we preach the gospel, and those doubts will be refined and will be cast out when we do the Great Commission. God took these people who were imperfect, who had spent three and a half years with God, who in Matthew 10 we read that God gives them the spirit of God to go out and and, and cast out demons, and they come all excited. And that was at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. Jesus is now about to leave, and yet they still doubt. But God gives the great commission to cast away those doubts. Because it's when we go in contact with people, sometimes knocking on doors, sometimes as, as, as I was hearing, sharing it with your co-workers, those doubts that you have about Christ will be cast away. There are people who doubt it. But let's see what happens in Luke. I'm sorry, in, in Mark. Mark, let's go back to the same chapter, verse 16. We'll pick up from verse 14. Mark 16, verse 14. Are we there? Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he what? Rebuked their what? And hardest of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he has risen God is Jesus Christ is so amazing because after rebuking them after telling them you have a hard heart he gives them the great commission Because the Great Commission was to cast out their hardened hearts. The Great Commission was to cast out their unbelief. You want a fresh heart in the Spirit. God has been telling you, telling me, go out and live the Great Commission. Let's look to the book of, the book of Luke. The book of Luke, Luke, chapter 36. 20, Luke, chapter 24. Luke, chapter 24. And, and, and let's, we, we read 36, but let, let's go in and pick it up at verse 37. Well, actually, let's pick it up in 36 once again. 24, verse 36. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of what? And said to them, peace to you, verse 37. But they were what? Terrified and frightened. And suppose they had seen what? A spirit. But but, but let's go ahead and jump to verse 44 now. Then he said to them, 
These are the words which I what? I've spoken to you while I was with you that all things must be, must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses in the prophets and the Psalms concerning them. And he, verse 45, and he what? Open their understanding that they what? Might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and then he goes on and he gives them the great commission. Hear what Luke is saying. They are frightened because they think that is a spirit. And how many of us are frightened because sometimes we don't know how to speak to others about Christ? And, and, and we make excuses after excuses, and probably they are justifiable. But, but here we see a people that are frightened, and, and, and not just that, Jesus it's, they're, they're, they're being hard, hard, their hearts are hard, they have unbelief, they have doubt, and they don't know what's taking place. So God comes and gives them a Bible lesson and then says, go and to all the nations. Your fear will be cast out as you do the mission. Your, your, your heart will be transformed into a heart of flesh if you do the mission. The Great Commission, it's not based on what we do, it's what God will do through us. You want, we want a heart of, of flesh in the Spirit. God has been telling us since, if it's since the gospel times to do the mission. The, the, you see, these gospels, we talk about the disciples, and we put them in a high pedestal, but we forget where they came from. You see, the same book, Luke, talks about a disciples that in the Last Supper, now, the Last Supper, we, and I've talked about this, the Last Supper, they were fighting to see who was the first. And Jesus comes. He gives them a Bible lesson, tells them this is all what Scripture was saying and is pointing to, and then sends them out with those doubts, with a belief, with a hardened of heart, because by them going out, all those things the Spirit will take care of. Because it is as we minister unto others, it is as we talk to others about Christ that we see that we cannot do it ourselves and we get on our knees more and more because it is Christ who speaks through us. And if we are not in a close relationship with Christ, then how can he speak through us? We have doubts. We have unbelief. I know I do at times. There are times that I don't understand Scripture, but yet I don't allow those things to hinder my work through Christ. We want to have a fresh heart in the Spirit. Do the mission. Let's look at the book of John. Book of John. We read book of John chapter 21. You see, 
when 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 God had given the 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 commission to the disciples, you see, we read of them fighting with each other. We we read of their doubts and all these things because the gospel had not subdued them. And as we go and work for Christ, we we excuse me we. We allow the Spirit to subdue us and mold us and give us a clean and, 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 and pure heart. John chapter 21. We started in verse 15, but, but let, look, let's look back. In chapter 21, verse, two, verse, verse 1. Jesus has... Died. They're waiting. They, you know, they're they're disappointed. All right. They thought that he was going to come and overthrow the Romans. And 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 the context of it's here. They they've gone back to what was normal before Jesus. After verse twenty, uh, chapter twenty one, verse one. After these things, Jesus Jesus showed himself again to the disciples where at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Look to, look at verse 2. Simon Peter, the one who had betrayed him. Thomas, the one who had doubted. Nathaniel uh, 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 of Canaan and Galilee. The sons of Zebedee, in other words, the sons of thunders. And two other of his disciples were where? Were together. But, but Simon Peter said to them what? I am going fishing. They said to him, we are also going with you. Jesus appears to them while, while they have already gone to what was before what Jesus was teaching them all along. They had gone to their old ways. Their old ways were fishing. They were what? Fishermen. He says, I am going fishing. I am out of here. And just when the Spirit of God is going to work mighty powerfully, Peter wants to leave. God sits down with Peter. And he once again gives him the great commission by saying, feed my sheep. Many times we say to ourselves, I've worked for the church enough. I've dedicated many, many years. It's time for me to just sit back and relax. But in Scripture, we will never find people that say that. No matter how many years they had been invested with God's mission, they still kept working because as we work for God, God is able to mold us and shape us and, and cast out all those doubts, all those, all, all that unbelief and that hardening of heart. It is by us working in Christ, through Christ, that we are able to become like Christ. It is able, and it's, it, it, we are allowing God to shape our heart and cast away that heart of stone. The disciples were people like you and I. 
with flaws and weaknesses, with, sin, with a sinful nature, just like you and I. Because it's not about how many years we have been a Christian. None of that matters. But look at the end of their lives. They finally got it. After spending three and a half years with the Lord. And this is why Jesus says, I've been with you. And he sees the change, the positive change that they're making. And that's what he sees. He says to them, I must go so you can have a comforter. So you can have someone living in you. The third person of the Godhead. To renew your life. To change that heart of stone. And make you a heart like mine. I must leave. Jesus leaves. And they finally got it. Because when we read the book of Acts, we read of people that were ordinary people with flaws like you and I, who had doubted, who had unbelief, who had fallen time after time, whose heart had, not, whose heart had been hardened because of sin, but yet they were asking for one thing and one thing only, and that was to be baptized of the Spirit. They finally got it. The hearts are being transformed. We're being transformed as they prayed to receive anew the heart of the Spirit. They no longer desired to be the first. They no longer had doubts. They knew what Scripture said, what Scripture proclaimed Because they started to do the Great Commission. Acts chapter 2. They're there, gathered together in one accord, the Bible says. And I'm going to paraphrase. We don't have to go, but you can go back and look at yourself. Jesus has ascended to the Father. Now they're left. And Jesus says, ask for the Spirit. Forty days, they're praying. They're getting on their knees. They're, they're, They're in one accord. They're realizing that they have doubts. They're realizing that they cannot do it themselves. They're realizing that they need the Spirit. They realize that their heart is of stone and they need a heart of flesh. And for 40 days, they keep asking, Lord, baptize us with your Spirit. We are ready to start the Great Commission. We are ready to go out and cast demons. And and, and we're ready to do wonders on your name so your name can be glorified. So your, your people can come and accept what you have done on the cross. They now get it. And God baptized them and gave them a new heart. A fresh heart in the Spirit. We started with the story of Elijah, how his bones, as when he, was, when he was dead, revived a man that was dead. God wants to have a church that everyone who walks in those doors, who comes dead, can get, go out alive. 
who, who, has a, who comes in with a hardened heart and doubt. He wants people, that we, he wants the church that we're so filled with his spirit that when people come here, they come back alive. But we must do the Great Commission. We must allow God to mold us as we minister to others. It could be with a smile. It could be at your workplace, your family, your loved ones. God will make sure if you pray, God, give me a divine appointment, or he will give it to you. We must act. We must surrender. We must ask. But we must follow through in doing the Great Commission. And by doing that, God will make sure take, and take care of our heart and heart and give us a fresh heart in the Spirit. I want that. I pray now every day for that. If that's your desire, please stand with me. If you're saying, Lord, I've... I've forgotten about what it means to be a Christian. I've not not allowed the gospel to subdue me. Lord, I'm afraid. I don't know how to do it, Lord. But Lord, I want a fresh heart in the Spirit. As I pray, as I ask, you also do the same. God wants a church that's united, working on his behalf. God is coming soon. And I believe each one of us here do not want to be left behind and saying we haven't done nothing. God wants to do wondrous, marvelous things with the Marshall Church. He wants to mold you. He wants to shape you. He wants to give you a new heart but we must work on his behalf. I don't know how God will do that in your life, but let, let me assure you that God will do it if we ask. Let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we are sinners. We are people who constantly fail you, Lord. But I thank you, Lord. I thank what you have done on the, sac- the sacrifice you gave that you did for us on the cross. I thank you, Lord, for the great commission because in doing so, we are able to be molded through your Spirit. We're able to rely and trust more in you. Father, if we personally have lost sight of what we need to do as Christians, tell others about what you are capable of doing in their lives. Allow us, Father, remind us, reshape us, motivate us, encourage us to live out the Great Commission, whether it be in our jobs, in our families, grocery store, wherever, wherever you see it best, Lord, please, pr- we pray that you allow us to witness for you. We pray this, In the name of Jesus, amen.